Hi, welcome to Talking Brains, a podcast about mental health, books, and what makes brains happy. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Talking Brains. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. I can be found at stephaniesarkis.com. Please hit that subscribe button and give us a rating. It's much appreciated. Today, I'm going to talk about red flags a narcissist give off in a first date. And I talk about this in my book, Gaslighting. There's a whole chapter on how to look out for narcissists in the dating uh, venues. First, know that you're not alone, that you can have concerns, especially if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist about meeting one again. And, and that's completely understandable. In fact, I'd worry more if you if you weren't worried about that. So uh, that means that you're aware of it, that you do not want to be in that same situation again. And also there's never any right time to date, whether you have gotten over a breakup or your spouse has passed away. Uh, you'll have people tell you, well, this is too soon to date or you need to go out there. And it's really at your own pace, uh, especially if you've been with a narcissist, it takes some time to heal. You have to rebuild. So if you're not okay with going out yet, that's totally okay. So also a lot of people do online dating and there are a couple of issues with that. One is that narcissists can be whoever they choose to be online. So that's a real tricky part of it. Uh, also, there are people out there that not only narcissists, but other people that don't have your best interests in mind. And again, it's very easy for them to come up with a profile that doesn't match who they are. And that's called catfishing, where people create a profile or they try to con you. And uh, especially, I know I've talked about this before, that when you have ADHD, anxiety, or depression, or you're grieving, uh, you're more vulnerable. And I think that sociopaths and narcissists can kind of sniff that out. They can tell if you're vulnerable. I think people also in helping professions... Uh, maybe at risk for uh, meeting up with narcissists because I think narcissists zero in on the fact that I think people in helping professions tend to be a little more accepting of a range of behaviors. Keep in mind that not everybody out there is looking out for your best interests. Also, that doesn't mean you have to be cynical. I think you can still believe that people are basically good. Just uh, be cautiously optimistic. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what to watch out for uh, when you're dating. And I have a written version of this on my Psychology Today website. And there's also a link to that on uh, stephaniesarkis.com. So again, this is red flags narcissists go off on a date uh, because they can suck you in pretty quickly. They know exactly what to say to you to get you to uh, hang out with them. And even if you have red flags and your intuition is telling you to get out of there, uh, sometimes I think we tend to be a little more polite and we don't want to upset the other person. When in fact, we need to just throw politeness out the window and get out of there uh, if you sense that something's wrong. Because the longer that you're around the narcissist, the more you get hooked into their scheme, even the more minutes you stay with them. So, so just keep that in mind. So when you're dating and you're trying to make sure that you're not getting hooked up with a narcissist, keep in mind that when you have been through a loss or a breakup, it feels really good to have someone give you attention and tell you that you're the most wonderful thing in the world. And, and, but that can also be love bombing and love bombing is where narcissists pile all this praise on you on the first day. They tell you they never met anybody like you, that you're the best person they ever met. And that's a red flag because usually when you're with someone, they don't tell you right away all that stuff. And again, it can feel good. But if someone says stuff to you, like on the first hour that you've met, that you're the best person they ever met, and they've never met anybody like you, and they've been hurt so many times before, that's a big red flag. It's good to be emotionally vulnerable with people later on in the relationship, but you'll notice that narcissists tend to do that up front. They tend to tell you too much about themselves. 
And part of that is that they're trying to get you to open up so they can collect ammunition from the stuff that you're going to tell them. And also they just tend to talk about themselves a lot. So one thing to look at is if you can't get a word in edgewise and the narcissist is talking about themselves and doesn't ask you any questions, that's a red flag. Also, when the narcissist is asking you on your first date, tell me about your darkest fears or tell me about, you know, the worst thing you've ever been through or a more subtle way to do this is tell me about how you get along with your family or tell me about why your relationship ended. Now, what they're looking for isn't to become emotionally intimate. They're looking to gather ammunition for later. So the way this works is, let's say you say to your date, well, you know, my sister and I, we had a fight a little while ago and we're kind of on distant terms. What will happen is later on, when you start setting boundaries with a narcissist, you fall off that pedestal that you've been put on. And narcissists devalue you. That means you're either idolized or you're devalued. So either you're on the pedestal or you're off the pedestal and you can do no right. So when you fall off the pedestal and they start picking and picking, they will say stuff like, oh, no wonder your sister doesn't get along with you and things like that. So keep in mind that when you have a narcissist ask you a lot of questions, they're usually looking for ammunition to use against you later. Also, again, beware of love bombing. That's when they tell you everything you want to hear. And again, that feels really good. Our dopamine goes up, oxytocin goes up. It's all the stuff we want to hear, especially again, if you've been through a breakup or death of a spouse. But keep in mind, again, there's a difference between saying, you're the best thing I ever met and I can't believe I'm with you and this is great. And wow, I really like you. Let's go out another date. There's a big difference between the two of those. I like you and let's go out another date is pretty normal, acceptable. When you are on a first date and someone says how wonderful you are and they never met anybody like you and you're the love of their life, run. I mean, really, that's a problem. So keep in mind that all that stuff may feel good, but that shows that the narcissist is love bombing you. And again, the reason why they do that is they're trying to suck you into a relationship and keep you in it. So they want to promise you the world, but they never follow through on it. So again, beware of a date asking a lot of questions. Like I said, you know, they'll ask you very personal questions. Uh, they'll ask you about fears. They'll ask you about times that you've suffered. And again, they're gathering data on you and they will use it against you later. There's a difference between people asking questions to build up emotional intimacy and the way they do it, narcissists and sociopaths, is they're doing basically data mining. They're trying to find out stuff about you they can use against you later. And again, same thing, like I said before, beware of them talking all about themselves and not talking about you at all. Also, keep in mind that if you, the profile of the person looks completely different than that, how they look, that's another sign you need to run. So uh, you'll have, again, narcissists that will take advantage of online dating and they'll create a persona that they're not. So if you get any inklings that this person is not who they said they were on their profile, you need to end the date. And that could be as simple as, I don't think this is going to work out, and you just walk off. You leave some money on the table at the restaurant and you walk off. That also means that meet in a public place. You might see that sometimes narcissists, sociopaths will try to get you to meet at their place or they're going to pick you up. And I recommend instead meet them at a public place. So that way, if the date doesn't work out, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you can go and you have your own form of transportation. That's very important. Uh, you can take Uber home if you need to. Just uh, if you, And I also recommend don't drink on your first date because... Uh, we tend to not be as focused on the signals that narcissists, sociopaths give off, even if you've had a couple drinks. So if you have had a couple drinks, you know, take you can always take an Uber home if you need to get out of a situation. So uh, just walk you know, out of the restaurant, walk a couple you know, buildings down and call the Uber from there. 
Uh, also, if there's a, a situation where you really need to get rescued out of something, you can text someone, a friend. Um, they can come by and get you. You can even go up to the bartender and say, hey, this person I'm with, I really don't feel comfortable with them and they can help you out. So uh, they can call maybe Uber for you uh, or they can kind of cover for you and make sure that the person isn't going to bother you. So, so go to someone at the restaurant if you really feel like there's a safety issue. Again, I think we tend to be concerned that we're going to look rude or we are going to look ungrateful or uh, we're going to violate a social norm by getting up and leaving a date in the middle of it. But again, if you feel, listen to your gut, if you feel like this just feels wrong and it doesn't have any to be anything quantifiable, meaning that you could just feel that way and you have no idea why you feel that way. And I know people have asked me, well, I've been in a relationship with a narcissist, so how do I know between just being overly concerned and knowing when it's a valid concern. I think anytime your intuition tells you that you are in a potentially dangerous situation, potentially unhealthy one, I think that's when you need to leave. Uh, I know that sometimes people have experienced from being in narcissistic relationships that feeling of you feel like maybe everybody is a narcissist and that's a completely normal feeling. Uh, but I think, you know, even if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you have gotten along with people that aren't narcissists pretty well since your breakup before your breakup. So uh, I think that you're probably not giving yourself enough credit. And I think you'll be able to tell the difference between someone that is probably on the up and up and someone that's a narcissist. Um, in fact, you're probably more fine tuned to those signals than other people are. So pay attention to that. If something feels off, I give you permission as your podcast host <laughs> uh, to leave the situation, leave it. Just say, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work out and go again, because every minute you're there, the narcissist is sucking you in. So, uh, and again, the idea is that they idealize you and then they devalue you. So eventually you're going to fall off that pedestal. Also, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, narcissists are the classic looks good on paper people. So they may look educated, like they're an upstanding pillar of the community, like they're a wonderful person, but you haven't been in a relationship with them yet, right? You just know the surface stuff. So they may seem really socially adept. You may feel kind of socially awkward, but they seem to know all these people and they name drop a lot and they seem to be like really pulled together. And that may be something that like in the case of ADHD, you may feel like um, that you don't feel completely pulled together. So here's somebody that does and you think it compliments you. But the issue is, is that they look that way because appearances are uber important to them. And when you are in a relationship with a narcissist, they will start picking at your physical appearance. They'll even pick on you about your height, which is something you can't change. Uh, but they are very into appearance. So uh, that's another thing to notice too. If they feel like, if you feel like they're too into their appearance, that's also a tip off. You may also find that mysteriously, this person likes all the same stuff that you like. You like this really obscure ska band that you knew from like 1994 and really in this odd way, this person also knows this band and you think like only 10 people follow this band. He knows this band or she knows this band. And you're like, I can't believe my good fortune. This person knows the exact same stuff I do. They like to knit. I like to knit. They like wearing animals as hats. I like wearing animals as hats. I don't know. So don't do that really. Uh, but you'll find out there's all these things that you have in common. Now, here's the issue. They may have been doing research on you. We have a lot of stuff out on social media. We have issues. We have stuff out about our likes, our dislikes. 
what organizations we belong to, what shows we watch. There's a lot of information about you online. So if you have your profile especially set to public, they can see all that. So uh, just believe that they've done some research on you. And this is different than you kind of checking their security background to make sure that they, um, they don't have a record. This is where they're digging for information. So again, they're using that to pull you in. They're using it to look the most attractive to you as possible because they have this narcissistic void they need filled and they will work at filling that void. Now, no one person or people can ever fill that void. So keep that in mind. You will never meet the narcissist needs. So they're looking to fill that need. So they're going to try and match up with as many things that you like as possible. So beware of what you have online. Look through your online accounts, your social media, and see if there's stuff you need to delete. Uh, scour through it and look at it from the perspective of what would a sociopath or narcissist do um, to use this information in order to get a connection with me, because that's a pretty common occurrence. And again, look over your social media, have a trusted friend or family member, look over your social media and tell you, you know, Hey, maybe delete that part, delete this part. Uh, there people have sometimes shut down their social media accounts for this reason. So I uh, just keep that in mind. Now that's another flip side of this too. You may find that narcissists don't have any social media. And part of the reason why they do that is that they tend to cheat a lot. And so if you're cheating a lot and you're not on social media, then you can't get tripped up by saying you're going to be somewhere where you're really somewhere else. So if they don't have any social media, that's also a sign. So basically use social media in a healthy kind of rational way. Uh, and also watch out for people that, you know, for a lot of people, they aren't using social media anymore. But uh, again, if you have someone that fits some of these characteristics, they also do not go on social media at all. That's that's a tip off. Another thing to look out for is how they treat servers at a restaurant, how they treat people from whom they uh, view as beneath them. So I write about this in the chapter on dating and my gaslighting book. So one of the things you'll notice is that at a restaurant, they will be rude to the server. They will not make eye contact with them. Now, sometimes people don't make eye contact because culturally you don't make eye contact, or it could be that they feel shy or um, they're socially anxious, but most people make eye contact with their server. Uh, they will treat them courteously, which means that you speak to them in a normal tone, you're pleasant, but you'll see these people on a first date will start yelling at the, the server. They will demean them. They will change their order a lot. Now there's a difference between people changing their orders because there's something that they don't like or the food's not good, but this is someone that purposely changes the order um, as a way to kind of get power to shift the, the balance of power in a situation. So uh, keep that in mind. If you're with someone that starts treating their server in a rude way, again, that's another reason to get up and leave. Also, you'll notice that when you ask the person about their um, history of whether they were married or if they have kids or you know what their family's like, uh, they will answer in a derogatory way or they will tell you nothing. Now, there's a difference between oh, have you been married before? And you say, yeah, you know, things just didn't work out. That's a normal response. It's also normal to ask somebody if they've been married because maybe your ideal mate someone that has been married or not. So you want to ask about that. But that's a normal asking. When the narcissist asks about it, it's a way to get information again. So, but when you ask a narcissist and they call their exes a name or they call their family members a name instead of just saying, you know, my mom and I don't agree on some stuff, 
um, where they actually just call them something derogatory or say something really outlandish or say that, you know, everyone's against them. Uh, that's another red flag. So again, that means that they may have some, some unresolved anger towards that person and they have a lack of boundaries because on a first date, why would you say that about someone to your date, right? So keep that in mind that they may have such blinding rage or narcissistic rage is what it's called against someone that they can't cover it up. And again, if you're asked why a relationship didn't work out, just say, you know what, it just ran its course or uh, things just didn't turn out. We had best of intentions. It just didn't work out. That's a, a healthy answer because you're being honest. It just didn't work out. It doesn't mean that you you failed at something. It just means it didn't work out. You're not a failure. Your relationship, you know, you went in with the best intentions. It didn't work out. So that's the way you answer it. You don't want to answer it with a detailed response, like how the person cheated on you or whatever, because the narcissist will pick up on that and use that information against you. So uh, you'll accuse them or you'll say to them, I think you've been cheating because they come home late from work and other sides. And they'll say, no, I think you're the one cheating. And the reason why you're accusing me is because you have a history of someone cheating on you. They'll use that as ammunition when in fact they're cheating and they're trying to cover up for it and put the blame on you. So again, when you are first on a date with someone and they ask you about why your relationship ended, just say it just didn't work out. When you do go back on the dating scene, I recommend that you write a list of what you're looking for in a mate. I think this really helps, especially when you find someone that you feel really attached to and you're feeling uh, this infatuation feeling, which I'll keep in mind, though, that that romantic feeling only lasts about six months to a year in relationships and then things start getting real. So that infatuation is not meant to last because your system probably couldn't keep that up for more than that. So keep in mind that when um, the butterflies kind of wear off, that's normal. You can still get intermittent butterflies, but uh, you're not supposed to have that drama that that you know you can't sleep because you're so excited stuff that's supposed to last about six months to a year. And sometimes it ends earlier than six months too. So that's normal. It's normal for you to go from this infatuation stage to a state of feeling comfortable with each other. So again, there's the infatuation stage and then the kind of more reality stage. So keep that in mind. Um, and the difference between that and narcissistic relationship, narcissistic relationship, it's about times 10 with the infatuation and the, oh, you're perfect for me stuff. And then again, you have a really steep drop off in a healthy relationship. You have an infatuation, then it kind of levels off into comfort. So what I recommend is that you write a list of what you're looking for in someone, uh, your ideal mate. And the reason why I have people do this is when you are in that infatuation phase, we can kind of let a lot of stuff slide. Um, the line I usually say is, oh, you're an ax murderer. We can totally work with that, you know, because when you have that infatuation state, your logic can kind of go out the window and your brain is taken over by butterflies. So you want to write a list and get as specific as possible about what you're looking for in a mate. And what you're going to do is when you find someone that you're like, you know what, I really connect with this person. I really want to go out with them again. Take a look at that list and see how many things that person matches. Now, this list is dynamic, meaning that you can change it up. You can change it every week if you want to and get as specific as possible, like um, gets along with my kids, uh, likes cats, likes dogs, um, has a stable job, has a uh, form of stable transportation. You want to keep it as a positive. So instead of doesn't raise his or her voice to me, you want speaks to me with respect and courtesy. So you want to phrase it as a positive. And again, you can even get into height, appearance, because you, appearance does make a difference to us right? So uh, I remember that um, in the 
series Dear John, which was originally an LA Times article series, then it was a podcast, now it's a TV show. And one of the things that, that the woman noticed is that this guy said that he was a doctor, but then showed up wearing scrubs and just, I think he looked kind of scruffy. And first, doctors don't wear scrubs outside the hospital. That's just not done. Uh, and also your appearance should be one where you care about what you look like uh, and you're relatively clean. So, um, you know, relative, I guess it's different for everybody. I don't want to say relative, but uh, you want to make sure that you write that stuff down, like takes good care of themselves. Uh, but again, with narcissists, it's not just taking care of themselves. They make themselves the center of everything. So taking good care of yourself means that you get enough sleep, you eat well, uh, you, uh, you set good boundaries. Uh, you can also have for something on your list, respects my boundaries. And also uh, gives me enough alone time, but also likes having together time. You can write on this list whatever you want. And I recommend again, when you meet someone and you think that you've really connected with them, take a look at that list and see how many they match and even check them off. And I think also when we break down what we're looking for in someone, we kind of throw it out in the universe and sometimes it kind of manifests itself. And I know I don't, I don't want to sound too kooky, but um, I've seen this actually happen with clients that they'll write down what they're looking for and they met someone pretty quickly after that that was a healthy person. And it also helps define our boundaries, especially if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you're building a new kind of scaffolding for what you're looking for in a relationship. And you can look at that list and maybe some of the things are a higher priority for you. Like likes my kids could be extremely high priority for people. Uh, likes your cat could be like a medium priority. So it, it all depends on you. So again, you, you may find that, yeah, this person doesn't have this, but they have this. What's your minimum level that you feel comfortable with? What what level will you say, you know what, this is a healthy relationship and I think I might, might want to pursue this with someone. They don't need to meet all like 25 things on your list. And there's no number limit to the list, by the way. But take a look at those. See if you'll let something go. Now, speaks to you respectfully and with courtesy is not something you want to let go. That's extremely important. So look at your list and again, check off what the people meet. And if they don't meet something, ask yourself, is that a deal breaker or not? And if it's a deal breaker, it's a deal breaker. And that's okay. It's okay to have deal breakers or boundaries. So back to what you'll notice on a first date, the person will start getting personal with you or sitting too close to you right away. Uh, actually last night I was somewhere with my brother and, uh, he introduced me to an acquaintance and the person shook my hand and held onto it too long. And that felt really uncomfortable. And I immediately pulled my hand away, uh, and moved further away from that person. So that's something where if you feel uncomfortable with something, it's okay move away from that person. Uh, that's totally fine. You're not expected to hang around someone that you don't want to hang around. And again, if you need to excuse yourself, you excuse yourself. Who cares if they think you're rude? Who really cares what they think anyway? What other people think you is none of your business. So if you feel like you're in an unsafe situation or you're feeling uncomfortable, you don't have to check it and say, hey, would someone else feel uncomfortable? You feel uncomfortable and that's when it's time to go. So also, again, if they sit too close to you, scooch back and say, oh, hey, I, you know, I feel like you're kind of in my personal space. And again, someone with manners and being courteous to you will keep a good, healthy personal space boundary. So let's say you've done some background checks on this person and the information that they have does not match up to who they say they are. First, uh, you can go ahead and just cancel the date if they don't match up. Or if you find that they're not online, this has happened to more people I can count, but uh, you'll have someone that says, oh, well, you couldn't find information on me because I'm in the military or I am doing secret operations for this or I'm doing this fancy job. Or, and the idea is that, that they're not who they say they are and that's why you can't find them. 
so yeah, there's the outside chance that they are in some position where they can't be online. Uh, but usually those jobs are so important they wouldn't tell you what they do. And that's probably a smaller percentage of people that you're going to meet. So again, if they tell you, well, uh, I do this thing and it's some kind of really kind of far-fetched sounding uh, job, yeah, it could be true, but chances are it's probably not. And again, take a look at all their other behaviors together. So also they wear the clothing or other things that denotes their social status. Now, sometimes people just like wearing brands and that's okay. But this is someone that is very into uh, status. So they don't want to wear anything or do anything that makes it look like they're of lower social status. And you'll see this in people that are very particular about what they wear. Now, again, I like... I like looking nice, but these are people that go over the top with making sure that they have the latest everything. And it could be just that someone likes that. Again, you're looking at a cluster of symptoms. You're not looking at one particular symptom, but that's a tip off. Uh, also, they say they have a well-paying job, but then tell you that they forgot their wallet or um, they can't use their credit card and they need you to pay for it. Now, Grant, if someone has ADHD, they could leave their credit card. That happens. Uh, hopefully they have Apple Pay or something else set up in their phone so they can pay. Uh, but there are signs that this person says that who they are is not who they are. So also you may find that this person is charming, but there's no feeling behind it. This is called cognitive empathy. And I spoke about this in another podcast episode, but this is where someone is saying the emotion words, but there's no feeling behind it. It's almost like they're blank. So they're charming, but it does not seem to be genuine. Also, if you are at a place with them, if you're in a public place and in any way they prevent you from leaving. So if you say, hey, this isn't going to work and they pull your chair back in, even more reason to get up and go. Okay? And you just leave. And the person follows you, you turn around and say, stop following me. And you say it very clearly. And again, if you're at the restaurant, go to the bartender, go to the maitre d' and say, look, I'm not feeling comfortable. And they are used to that. Uh, and they will help you uh, feel safe. So and if the person's following you, tell them to stop, call 911 and say, you know, I'm calling emergency services. And again, meet in a public place. Don't walk very far to parking uh, by yourself. Um, you can uh, have, a, I guess, a, you can have an Uber pick you up at the restaurant and then take that to where you're parked. Because again, you don't really want to be in a parking lot alone with this person. So those are some things to look for when you are uh, looking uh about going on the dating scene and, and another thing too that i just realized is, is watch out for people that, that try to ply you with alcohol so you'll be on a date and you'll say hey you know i don't really drink that much and again i recommend that you don't drink at all on a first date because your judgment can, can get clouded even after a couple drinks but if you have someone that says oh well, why aren't you drinking you need to have a drink let me order one for you and if you have a date that's pushing alcohol that's a big red flag because one of the things that narcissists try to do is to have you let your guard down and you're not thinking logically so and it lowers your inhibitions so again be really careful if someone is pushing alcohol on you so in summary, when you're on a first date, watch out for someone that doesn't match their online profile. Also beware of someone that's idealizing you, telling you're the best thing they ever met and they can't believe they found you. Also beware of people asking you too many personal questions. Again, they're collecting ammunition. They're not developing uh, emotional intimacy with you. Uh, also beware your date not asking about you at all. And they're just talking about themselves the whole time. Again, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Beware of what you post online because narcissists, sociopaths will look that up and they'll they'll find all these mystery, you know, immediate connections to you uh, so they can pull you in. Uh, beware of derogatory comments about exes or their family. Uh, keep a list of what you're looking for in a mate. 
listen to your intuition and leave. Don't worry about looking rude or feeling like they're going to look down on you. Who really cares? Just get out of that situation. Because again, the longer you're with this person at a table at a restaurant, the more that they're going to sink their claws into you. So also, again, meet in, in public locations. Uh, if they're really pushing for you to meet at their home, don't do it. Meet a first date in a public location. Beware of dates that push alcohol on you. And again, if something doesn't feel right, leave. You don't have to justify that feeling. You don't even need to say why you're leaving. You just say, I can't do this. And then you get up and go. So again, protect yourself. And again, especially if you're going back on the dating scene, if you've been through a breakup or have been widowed. So there's no set time frame to when it's it's a good time to date. Um, again, you will have people tell you it's too early, it's too late. Go on your own time frame. And I always recommend that after a life-changing event like that, like such a loss, you want to talk with someone, especially if you're married to or in a relationship with a narcissist, you want to talk to someone because narcissists will really change your perception of yourself and your environment around you. And so it really helps to have a neutral third party to help you rebuild. So again, that's a little bit about red flags narcissists give off on a first date. So I'm Dr. Stephanie Sarkis at stephaniesarkis.com. If you could hit that subscribe button and give us a rating, that would be much appreciated. And I hope you have a wonderful day.